Well, I can't imagine being a teacher at the best of times. That that, that work is not for me. I uh, simply don't have the patience for it. I'd probably end up in prison. Um, that's during a regular time. Uh, so what we've had teachers doing during this pandemic really is remarkable. You're in class, you're out of class, you're teaching at the Blackboard, if they still use those. You're teaching on Zoom. It's crazy. It's been hard. Teachers in Alberta report being physically and emotionally exhausted from it all. Not surprising. Astrid Kendrick joins us now. She's an adjunct professor at the University of Calgary who's been doing some work into exactly what's going on among educators. Um, Astrid, obviously, the first stress factor that any of us can see is uh, just all the upheaval and all the change, but it's certainly not the only one. Um, Completely new territory, too, right? They've been dealing with a tremendous amount over the past year. Yeah, you know, it's been a really tough year for teachers and, in fact, all educational workers. So it's been hard on Mm -hmm. principals, on bus drivers, on educational assistants, on system leaders. Uh, All of them have been really trying to do their best for kids over the last 14 months. Now, when you were taking a look at this, you talk about something called compassionate exhaustion. Explain what that term means for us. Yeah, so um, starting in 2020, early in the year, actually before the pandemic, I was approached to look into burnout and compassion fatigue in educational workers in Alberta. And so compassion fatigue is actually something we normally associate with firefighters, with cops, with people who are kind of in the front lines doing crisis work and not so much with educators. And so um, my funders, the Alberta Teachers Association and the Alberta School Employees Benefit Plan, wanted to know if this was something happening to teachers, if this was something that uh, educators faced. And so what it is, is it's kind of, it's the impact of caring on uh, the person providing the care. So if you think about somebody going into, um, for example, people in Fort McMurray, right? They've had fires, they've had floods, everything. So... Uh, educators have kind of been teaching through all that stuff and there's been an impact on them uh, emotionally and working with kids who are also going through those things at the same time. And so what I've been looking at is how is this impacting uh, both individuals and and professions? How how do you measure compassionate exhaustion? What's uh, sort of how can you get a a handle on on how people are feeling in that area? Well, luckily, uh, other professions have been looking at it. So there's actually... A uh, measure called the ProQual, the Professional Quality of Life Survey. Um, and what we did is we actually embedded that measure into a survey that we sent out um, twice now. And um, basically, we took that apart and people answer a series of questions and they get a score. And based on that score, the, the measure tells them, are you in compassion fatigue or are you in compassion satisfaction? Interesting. Okay, now... Um, when you're hearing from teachers, what are they reporting in terms of how this has affected their compassionate exhaustion levels? What are they saying? Well, essentially what they're saying is that, uh, you know, they're really struggling and not so much that kids will see it. So parents and, and, uh, and hopefully students aren't looking at their teachers and saying, wow, what's going on with my teacher? Uh, the teachers themselves are kind of hiding their stress. They're hiding their, um, their their problems and they're presenting a face that's you know calm and compassionate and easygoing and happy and cheerful when in fact deep down they're feeling um you know that that their work isn't as good as it could be and so essentially what's happening and this is kind of what came up in the survey and interviews is they're kind of you know before they go into a school 
they're sitting in the car and they're having a good cry or they have to go out at lunchtime and, you know, they're just feeling overwhelmed and sad and then they go back into school and they try to be that um, positive force again. So it's kind of that hidden side that we're not necessarily seeing but is really devastating to an individual. Okay, now I'm trying to understand it. Is it just because of what they're dealing with or being that it's a part of their, their their compassion levels, is it because of what they're seeing in their students as well and sort of taking on that load too? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's happening. So the thing about students, children and youth is they don't leave their trauma at home, right? So if something's going on, maybe a parent's lost their job or they're grieving the loss of a pet, you know, kids respond to all kinds of things differently. They take that with them to school. And so when they get there, um, they want the person that's greeting them, you know, they'll often tell them what's going on. And so what happens is the caregiver, in this case, you know, a teacher or an EA or the principal, mm-hmm. they hear all these things that are happening with the kids. And so they try to help them, find them the support, the resources they need. But then there isn't really time within the school day for that caregiver to sit back and go, okay, wow, boy, that kid's going through something really tough. How do I feel about that? And how do, you know, who do I talk to so I don't carry their weight? And so um, it's kind of, keeping an eye on that caregiver to make sure that they can keep caring, right? And so that's kind of, that's the, uh, that's the problem with compassion fatigue. Oh, yeah. That, you know, eventually they can, and you don't want them to, but they can run out of care. That capacity is gone. Precisely, yeah. And, you know, Astrid, I think obviously the, the concern there is, We've all had those teachers who care, and, and those are the best teachers. Those are the ones that we remember years later. They can change a kid's life. Um, it's so important to have those teachers in a child's life. So I guess the risk is we'll see less of that caring and that compassion, and and or some some of those teachers who have that and are being really you know substantially hit by this leaving. Is that some of the risk here? It's going to change the school environment in some way. Yeah. So that's the risk, and I think that. Um most teachers are really going to try, and this is what came out in the study, is that they are trying their best not for that to happen. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be Professor Snake, right? They don't want to be the teacher from Ferris Bueller, who's so completely right. apathetic, right? The Bueller. And so they're going to work themselves to physical exhaustion before they turn into that person. But ultimately, that's going to lead to um, what's known as being vertically ill, and that is, you know, they just, they can't, they can't do it anymore. So they have to go on a stress leave or, you know, they might leave the professional together. And so we really don't want that outcome, right? You know, as a researcher, I want, and as, as a parent, I want my son to be cared for by the people that I send them to each day. And so there's really somewhat of an urgency to, to figure out a way to help the educators so that particularly when things get hopefully back to more normal in September, they're ready, right? And they're right, yeah. and they're excited and they're going to help students get past the last 14 months because there's been, of course, some learning that hasn't happened. So we need our educators to be like ready to go. You know, we are going to figure out what these learning gaps are and we are going to help our kids, you know, move into the next stage of their learning. And so part of my next part of my research is really figuring out, you know, how can we help them so that, you know, these these occupational hazards um, can be dealt with? Yeah, exactly. And it's important. It's really important. It'll have a big impact uh, on the future of this province. Thank you so much for your uh, time this morning, Astrid. I appreciate it. Yeah, 
Yeah, thanks for listening to me, Shay, and giving me this chance. Yeah, absolutely. Great work. Thank you, Astrid. Um, you know, just taking a look at some of the texts, you know, it's the state of life, right? Uh, everybody's dealing with extra some way, shape, or form. That's from Dave Zed. Y- you're absolutely right, Dave, for sure. No doubt about it. Um, it we all are. I- I- everything's changed for everybody. So um, I guess the point is it's it's a it's a thoughtful exercise to take a look at the way that it has changed. And, you know, I mean, it's information that we can use to make sure that we're doing what needs to be done so that we mitigate the disaster, uh, the damage that could be done because, yeah, we've all been through hell for over a year. No question about it. So what do you just throw your hands up in the air and say, who cares? No, you can take a look at what's going on and what impact it's having and, and learn from it. So uh, that's what educators are doing and valuable exercise.